Welcome back to The Betrayed. I'm Gina Beck. This is Drew Williams. Thank you for listening, liking, commenting, and subscribing. I appreciate y'all, especially the reviews on Apple Podcasts. And like always, thank you guys for the continued support, the continued engagement, and the hashtag BananaCats. How are you, Drew? I'm doing all right, G. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Well, let's just get right into this right now. I wanted to give some more positive energy first. So this comes from the Good News Network. It was reported October 21st. Though trachoma is preventable, blindness from trachoma is irreversible, and it continues to be one of the leading causes of blindness globally, affecting 1.9 million people around the world. In good news for Myanmar, the World Health Organization has validated that the disease has been eliminated from the country. This is extra impressive because in 2005, trachoma was responsible for 4% of all cases of blindness there. The nation joins Nepal and the WHO, Southeast Asian region, and 12 countries globally to achieve that feat. Myanmar's multi-pronged approach promoting access to good hygiene infrastructure and clean water, strengthening eye care systems, and complete community buy-in have enabled the country to ensure that people of all ages can now look forward to a trachoma-free future. The, this is from the regional director of the WHO. It goes later on to say, how did the elimination get off the ground? In 1964, the Ministry of Health and Sports in Myanmar was indicted on a trachoma control project with support from WHO and UNICEF. The community-based intervention to eliminate the disease consisted of surgical treatment, topical antibiotic treatment, and water, sanitation, and hygiene, and the health education promoting behavior change to decrease transmission. The program further expanded to include accessible interventions interventions, excuse me, in rural areas. In 2018, the prevalence of trachoma has gone down to a mere 0.008% of blindness within the population, meaning trachoma is no longer a public health problem. In a virtual regional committee session of the WHO Southeast Asia region celebrating public health wins, Sri Lanka was felicitated with elimination of rubella, mother-to-child transmission of HIV and syphilis, and Maldives was praised for eliminating rubella. Home to a quarter of the world's population, the region has eight flagship priority programs. Notable ones include eliminating measles and rubella by 2030, preventing and controlling non-communicable diseases through multi-sectoral policies and plans, accelerating a reduction of maternal, neonatal, and under-five mortality, further strengthening the national capacity for combating and antimicrobial resistance, scaling up capacity developing in emergency risk management in countries, and finishing the task of eliminating neglected topical diseases. They plan to accelerate their efforts to end TB by 2030. And I just thought it was really cool that these type of diseases I don't think we in the Western world really worry about, they're they're getting eliminated there. So they have that, that luxury, you know, I hate to call it a luxury, but not to worry about those type of things is cool. Yeah, that's very interesting and informative. It's good to, information to know. And you were talking about being blind, right? I couldn't imagine being blind. You know what I mean? Like, I've thought about it. I've really deeply thought about it. Like, just having to to know the feel of things and having to, like, if you already had your vision and then you go blind and you have to, like, just remember the map out of things. Or, like, if you're born blind and you don't even know anything i feel like i mean a visual visually yeah i mean 
it's oh, i've hard. i've thought about that too like cuz someone's asked me that question uh which would be worse to lose your eyesight or your hearing and i'm like oh my god i don't know because oh, think about not having music yeah i would say eyesight would be harder though for sure i think in a, in a large scale of things probably not being able to see yeah <laughs> i don't know anybody personally that's blind but i have a few friends that are deaf and can't hear and their perspective on life and everything is just so positive even though they're going through what they're going through daily uh, not being able to hear voices and struggling with communicating with many people throughout their day it's rough but they are the most positive people i know it's, that's awesome to hear that's out yeah their outlook is just amazing so I wanted to speak about this. It has to do with what we do, you know, and I just figured I kind of wanted to give my opinion on it. A lot of articles go out with what we do when, you know, us hunting and decoying, right? And this article is kind of no different, but it's the most recent one about a team. So I just kind of wanted to shed light on it and give our opinions about it. There's a team that's located in Fremont, Sandusky County, and law enforcement got in touch with them, and so did this news, and they were able to throw out their opinions. Well, the law enforcement's opinion is that we have the resources available to help victims, and we'll do so at a moment's notice. And the sheriff and the prosecutor say that it's more harder for these guys to get prosecuted, which is something that is well known in the community. And here are some more recent proactive measures they've taken to help, you know, keep things in check. So they're just kind of explaining in this article what they do and what they've done. And Drew and I kind of looked up this town and it's a small town, right? It's very, it's, it's a, uh... The area is large, like it's a, it's a rural area, but there's not a lot of people at all. Like it's, I think, less than 16,000 or something like that, which is small to me in California. Right. And to me too, growing up in a small town. The team is called Dads Against and they are, you know, if they're being consistent and they're sending a bunch of things into law enforcement and they're kind of like being loud in their small town, I, of course, it's going to hit the news, right? In February, county and federal law enforcement did a sweep to make sure locals are living where they claim to be. They also worked to track down those who had not registered. That sweep led to eight arrests. In July, they again came together that, um, with federal internet crimes against children, task force to arrest and prosecute child yes. Ten people were arrested on felony charges during that operation. In September... Bliss began organizing county law enforcement agencies to form a countywide task force to fight against child initiation. This month, Bliss and ICAC organized a child initiation training seminar for local enforcement. But most of what police do is reactive, Hilton said. That is, someone will report a crime to them and they will investigate as soon as possible. They'll take reports of potential cases of any kind of incidents that happen and usually they investigate you know, as fast as they can and try to come up with a solution. But it's also unlike the local vigilante group, is what they call them, largely done out of the public eye. 
Prosecutors aren't able to prosecute cases on evidence brought forth by the groups. And County Prosecutor Beth Tischler said in order to bring charges against a suspect, the person that's doing the crime must be, um, or the person that's, you know, doing the hunting and the decoying must be law enforcement officer or an actual child is what they're saying. And Hilton also argued that when the group shows the public how they attract these people online, similarly to how law enforcement does, it effectively teaches them how to avoid being caught, they say. Um, and that's the end of the article. So I just kind of wanted to give my opinion, because, uh, of course, a lot of the news articles say stuff along those lines, but I haven't heard them say specifically that that blunt, I don't think, you know, that, that we're teaching them. I haven't heard the, that phrase yet. But what I have, like, my opinion is, yes, it is harder to get arrested and harder to get these guys and women prosecuted. Why? Let's look more into why rather than, you know, well, I the mean, small picture. Let's look at the bigger picture. The, like, it, why? Like, why are totally these judges saying say. no? It's like we need to get laws changed. And it's because the laws haven't caught up to what these guys are using nowadays. And I don't. Well, exactly. Laws need to be changed. But who is doing what in order to make the laws changed, for one? And for two, um, how fast can we get them to be changed? You know what I mean? Because we, we've been doing this for, what, three plus years, right? We have a handful of arrests compared to the exposures we have. We have even smaller amount of convictions compared to the exposures and the arrests we have. And we know for a fact that every other team is dealing with the same thing. But like this article says that they should stop. I don't think they should stop. You know, I don't think that that is the solution. I think the solution is, like you said, laws being changed. Why can't there be a place and like a, a system in set? You know, there's professionals and then there's like bounty hunters. They're professional in their own way, right? But they're not like school. They don't go to school. They never went to school to be a bounty hunter. They never did education. But someone working for ICAC spent probably years in college, right? Someone that's a detective sitting at their desk and that goes out and actually investigates these situations, they, did, they have education. So there's different levels of being a professional, I think. Yeah. And a bounty hunter is... A street professional, in my opinion, just not like with proper education, with a piece of paper saying that they did this, right? So if that was a system that we could do, you know, we have ICAC, we have detectives, and then there's us, the middle. Like that just, we have to figure out a way to work together to make that possible. And I don't know how. So I'm saying this on the podcast if there's ways that we can and people have ideas, message us. Come Please. on and let's talk about it or something. For sure. No, absolutely. Because uh, the, to go back to what you're saying, like, should they stop? No, because public shaming is all we have right now. That's the only way you can even bring any attention to these people individually. So. Yes, and the small amount of arrests and convictions that we are getting is worth it, I think. Because if we stop, we're not getting those. Is it hindering investigations? Okay, I think that, that the people that 
we get, you know, there's probably like one out of 10, I'd say, is someone of significance, like a real, real creep, like the worst of the worst. They all are horrible, but I'd say like one out of five to 10, right? And are we teaching them something, you know, just like it said in this article, things like that? Possibly. But a true parent, like I've always said, will come just because of the age. Absolutely. They'll come because they can't control themselves. So it's just, we go back and forth about it all day. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I think at the end of the day, the bigger picture is, is that we could be more of help. And right now it doesn't seem like it because the laws aren't in place on our side to make us look helpful. So until those laws are in place, we're just going to look like vigilantes. And I think that's unfortunate. It is. It is. It's really unfortunate because there's actually, there are some wet, really well-organized teams. We've interviewed a couple of them and those type of people. And I'm not, sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But I just want to make this clear. I'm not vouching for this team that this article is about. I honestly, I don't even know anything about this team. I couldn't tell you decoys information. I couldn't tell you a hunter's information. I couldn't tell you about their chat logs. I honestly can't tell you anything. So I'm not trying to bring this up to shed light on the team. I'm trying to shed light on the law enforcement's opinion on this team in this area and how it relates to every other team in other areas. It's very relatable. So I just wanted to, I just want to make that clear. Like if people know things that I don't know about this and say it's negative or positive, (laughs) I don't know anything. I just wanted to shed light on this because I think it's a very, important thing that we have a conversation about and that everybody should give their opinion about too. I completely agree. And Sorry I, to interrupt you. No, 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 no. I <laughs> was just, the, the thing is I, I totally lost where I was at. You, you finished that off. Perfect. Honestly, that it's, it's something we all need to think about. We all need to continue. I think what we're doing, but make sure you're doing it in the most appropriate way possible, you know, being a proper decoy, getting the proper chat logs but then at the same time we probably all need to like i say we need to figure out a way to unify some way and talk about how we can get things changed because it's got to go from local to state to federal it's going to be a whole process and like you're saying how long is it going to take i mean anywhere i would guess from a year to 15 to 20 i mean who knows at this point i just want to make a difference as soon as possible And it's so much easier said than done, of course, because I just can't imagine seeing older men marrying your guys' children. Like, I just can't imagine seeing that. So, and I don't want to see it. And that can be possible. Some people don't think it can be, but I'm telling you, if it's possible somewhere else, it can be possible here for sure. And people... You guys might not see it, but there are groups that definitely are proactive in making things their way. So we need to be proactive in making things our way. And if we're not proactive, it's out of our hands. And then we're all complaining. 
And what do we do when we complain? We don't get anywhere. So we have to be just active on this for sure. So I just wanted to make it clear to you guys. I'm not sure who this team is. If anybody on teams are listening, I know there's a lot of silent listeners out there. You guys can definitely reach out and talk to us. And if you don't want to, work on it yourselves. Try to find ways yourselves to message Congress, governors, do whatever you can, vote, you know, we got to figure it out. <laughs> well said, well said. And this, this kind of segues me, and this is like, make another round. So we're not saying that all law enforcement aren't doing their jobs or anything like that. I think that they are also... No, we're pro. Their, we're pro police. I think that they sure. have their hands tied just as much as we do, if not more, because of what they do. This was reported back in October, October 9th. The FBI arrests 28 in Nevada trafficking sting. Reno, Nevada. A week-long trafficking sting led by the FBI has resulted in 28 arrests, including a University of Nevada football player, Chris Green. The FBI's Northern Nevada Child Exploitation and Human Trafficking Task Force, along with law agencies from across the area, targeted people trying to pay minors for the deeds. The Washoe County Sheriff's Office says all of the suspects went to a home in South Reno to knowingly engage and pay for acts with a minor as identified through the heat unit. All 28 suspects were arrested last week. The 20-year-old Green is facing four felony counts. Our department learned of this incident earlier this morning, and we continue to work with more information, said Chad Hartley of the Nevada Sports Spokesman. Hartley also confirmed that Green had had been suspended from the program. Green had had his, his his best season yet as a junior at Nevada, recording 16 tackles, including 5.5 for loss, and he was expected to be starter as a senior this season on the Wolfpack's defensive line. And they the article will link it below. It lists all their names of the people arrested, and they go as young as uh, Mr. Green, 21. And it goes all the way up to uh, 64 is the one I can find right now. But this was a star athlete. And he was going to go pay to do bad things with someone underage and knowingly do it. Yeah. We've talked about many celebrities going down that road. And it's it's not surprising anymore. You know? It's just like... Who's next? Like who's who's who is it this week? Unfortunately, I gotta at least hand it to the uh, the football team, the Nevada Wolfpack. They completely removed him from everything on their website. They're being they that he's he's gonna lose his career. I mean, and that's something that should happen for sure. So that's good. Yeah, at least there's uh, so actually something coming of so you know someone's crimes it's not just being brushed under the rug and he gets to thrive like yeah like all the horror stories you've heard before the the college athletes that could continue to do what they want to do right and another thing is you remember the guy that we got named Derek that worked for ICAC right that's another reason why you know it's hard to just trust people in those fields. It, I know it's not all of them, just like people want to 
bash the police. It's not all of them. It's not all the ICAC members, but there's some rotten eggs in there, you know, and I'm not saying that all the hunters are perfect. There's definitely some rotten eggs also. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure there's rotten eggs in everything you do. YouTube, TikTok, anything, Twitter, Instagram, they're everywhere. So pretty sure you just have to support the best ones, support the best celebrities that are doing their best and that are not those people, support the best police and the ICAC members and start really making these people be accountable for what they've done, you know, when you find out, not just sweeping it under the rug because just like this football player, he's a football player, right? Yeah, the college football player. Yeah, just like this college football player, he's young. You know, and people would tell us, don't, don't go for the young ones. They're the ones that are going to college to be in careers around your children. Exactly. What do you mean? Don't go over the, <laughs> what do you mean? Don't go over the young ones. They're the ones that are going to be your, your kid's teacher. You know, they're going to be the ones that the police officer or the ICAC member. They're the ones where you're stopping them in their tracks and their family finds out and their friends find out. There's no possible way that they can become that teacher. The whole town knows. They can go to a different town and try to change their identity, but things on the internet will always haunt them. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's exactly just why we do what we do. And I want to end it on that note. Thank you for listening, liking, commenting, and subscribing. I appreciate y'all. Until next time, banana cats. Much love, banana cats. Peace.